Hey listeners, this is Josh, coming to you from a top-secret podcast editing facility in the South American jungle. Before I start the show, I need to say a few things. We recorded this episode with our guest about a month ago, which ended up being before we recorded our most recently released episode about concerts. That means we didn't get a chance to discuss the responses to our discussion question from that episode because we hadn't even asked the question yet. But don't worry, I'll just insert a few of my favorite responses here in the cult open through the use of some podcast magic. Our question was, what was the best concert you've ever been to? Anna said, Pentatonix, so freaking good live. Chris said, Porter Robinson. And finally, Emily's favorite concert was the Jonas Brothers. Thanks Anna, Chris, and Emily for participating, see what I did there, in our discussion question. And to the rest of our listeners, make sure you stay tuned for the rest of this episode. The new discussion question was masterfully crafted for us by our awesome guest. We're excited to hear all your responses. Okay, I know you're tired of me talking. I'll just start the episode now so you can listen to me talk for another 47 minutes. Welcome back, everybody. This is Thanks for Participating. I'm Josh. And I'm Sydney. And we are your hosts. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Uh, Casey Winters, why don't you say hello? Hello. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Thank you so much for coming on. This is yeah. uh, we, we this is our second time trying to start the podcast. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, That's the listeners okay. are going to miss out on our first go around when I called you handsome and a treat. Yeah. We had such good chemistry and now it's gone. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not going to be able to give you those same compliments this go around. <laughs> I'm only handsome once. <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying... Um, a new podcast set up in a different room. We have a video portion going. And so we've had a little bit of technical difficulties, but hopefully we've had enough uh, workarounds to to make this podcast happen. It's going to work, I believe. I got to know Casey a little bit last year when I was listening to his podcast that he did with his wife, Valerie. And back then, I initially invited him to come on the podcast, but it's been... I guess it's almost been a year since we initially invited you uh, and just we we had to go on hiatus because of uh, how busy things got with school and work. But now we are back uh, full swing in the podcast and we are very, very lucky to have you on. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm so happy to be here. I, it's been a while since I've done this thing, you know, recording on a mic and yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I sent you a few questions. Um, yes just so that our listeners who might not know who you are can have a little bit of an icebreaker before we get into the main topic of today's episode. So my first question I wanted to ask was just, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing? Sure, yeah. Like you said, uh, I, I used to host a podcast with my wife. We talked a lot about pop culture and that was a lot of fun, but we um, life got, life got kind of hectic with the big move and job change and stuff. So we decided to, to stop that, but we miss it. Um, as of right now, I, yeah, I'm a father of four kids. I work as a school psychologist um, and I watch a lot of movies. <laughs> that, that's my life. <laughs> awesome. What is your favorite funny story to tell people? This was a hard one. I, I'm going to let you guys pick which one you want to hear just based on. So there's one story where I got locked in a bathroom. So you can tell them you can if you if that one piques your interest or there was a time I defeated a bunch of children in a coloring contest. I want to hear about the children. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That one, <laughs> it doesn't paint me in the best light, but I was 17. <laughs> um, so 
picture this 17. This was right before star Wars revenge of the Sith came out. Right. And, uh, so there was always companies and businesses doing like special star Wars stuff just to get ready for the movie. And, um, there was this store that sold window blinds, but they, they sold regular blinds and then they sold like pop culture window blinds and they sold star Wars ones. And they were having this coloring contest in their, in their store where, um, the winning color, you know, coloring page will get their coloring picture blown up and turned into star Wars blinds. Um, and so me and my friends, we went down there, we're like, Oh, that'd be fun. And, um, this was a coloring contest for kids, but the age limit was up to 17 and I was 17. Well, once you turn 18, you didn't, you couldn't do it anymore. Right. And I was like 17 and a half. So just barely on the, the cusp of, of, uh, not qualifying to do this thing. But I, I went and I, it was just a coloring page like R2D2 and C3PO, but they liked mine best. And, uh, and I won. So a bunch of little kids didn't get their coloring pages turned into blinds because I picked the the 17 year old did you ever get like a copy of those blinds or something yeah so they they sent it to me and well they asked like the measurements of my window so I could have I had them on my bedroom window for a while um until we moved and um then they kind of just sat in my garage for a long time because we didn't have a window that fit that exact size anymore so um they were they were thrown away eventually but uh yeah they had they had a good run for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Next question: What is your best tip for making the world a better place? Hmm. I had to think about this one for a bit. I I think that we as humans don't use the phrase "I don't know" enough. As in, you know, I think there's a lot of value in being willing to admit and accept when we don't have all the answers for things, and just say. I don't know. <laughs> right. I think especially with the internet, we're all kind of armchair experts on every single topic, but it's it's okay to not know things. Yeah. Especially I catch myself talking without knowing what I'm going to say as mm. if like somehow I know, but really I don't know, but I'm just hoping that my <laughs> mouth will know even though my brain right. won't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and I'm I'm naturally an, a bit of a know-it-all. I'm I'm a quiet know-it-all, but I am definitely a bit of a know-it-all. So it's taken me a long time to learn that it's just okay to not know something. <laughs> right. Okay. Um, this was an interesting question. Some of these I got online. I found a list of good questions to mm. ask on a podcast interview. And so this one says, what should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? I wasn't sure about this one, but um, what you should ask me is why was why was Casey so gullible on April Fool's Day that he believed Josh actually got an earring? <laughs> Okay. Because I did. You let's, caught me. Uh, let's you rewind were the only bit. one. <laughs> okay, hold on, hold on. I haven't asked the question yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, Casey, why were you so gullible on uh, April Fool's Day that you believed that I got an earring? See, I wake up on April Fool's Day and I'm ready. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to believe anything that I read on the internet today. And every time in the morning, I do really well. Like I see all these businesses posting fake things and people posting fake things and I do really well. But by the time, you know, noon hits... I've already forgotten it's April Fool's Day. And at that point, you know, afternoon was when I saw that your your post that you got an earring and I didn't even think twice about it. I was just like, oh, okay, you got an earring. That's maybe a little little unusual for Utah County, but, um, you know, power to Josh. If <laughs> right. he wants an earring, he should get an earring. And so I was really proud of you. And uh, it wasn't till much, much later than that. I think you or Riot on their Discord mentioned that the April Fool's thing. And I was like, oh, 
he didn't get an earring and it took me a very long time to figure <laughs> that out i uh, so well done <laughs> i uh i take april fool's day as a chance to see how long i can gaslight my friends with just <laughs> feeding them more and more details that are really really close to the truth uh like people right. are saying like oh it's like i'll believe it when i see it so i would send them like a video of me shaking my ear but it was just like a magnet on there and then they were like well well when did you get the ear pierced and i told them this whole story about sydney and i were like semi chaperoning the high school band trip that her little brother's in and they rented out a theater and while we were there like she got her ears pierced and was convincing me to get what mine but i only let her convince to try one ear instead of both ears yeah. uh, and most of that is true and sydney did get her ears pierced uh but the only thing that wasn't true is me getting my ears pierced you're a mastermind. You just take the the real details and spice it up a little bit with your own. Oh, yeah. I think most people fell for it, too, except my two sisters. They were, <laughs> they did not believe it because I think not they, know, they know Josh a little bit too well. And <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I mean, once I got like my second and third piercings, he was like, yeah, I like, I like want one, too. And they were like, no, there's no way. He hates needles. Like, there's no way. <laughs> and we sent them the video and everything. And they're like. Yeah, we still don't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I uh, I thought it would be a good way to uh, just mess with uh, super conservative family and friends. That right, would, yeah. But uh, I was surprised by how many people complimented me. They're like, oh, that looks right. so good. And yeah. not as many people as I thought were, uh, you know, skeptical. And so I was telling Sydney, really, the only thing stopping me right now from getting an earring because of how many compliments is just how scared I am of needles. <laughs> right, <laughs> It looked good on you. I liked it. Thanks. Well, at yeah, least I can I still wear nice. the magnet and it looks good. <laughs> there you People go. You complimented me even though it was fake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, then this question, um, for listeners who don't know, on Casey and Valerie's podcast, they would ask each other an all-important question. And I went back. I thought it'd be fun to go back to one of their episodes and recycle one of their all-important questions to ask Casey. So this one comes from an episode that's a little bit topical. I don't know if you remember what, which episode this was from, uh, but it's a little bit no. topical to what we'll be talking about today. And it's, if you could have any two creative people, living or dead, over for a dinner party, who would you pick and what would you discuss? I'm really curious if I picked different people. So do you, did you write down or remember yeah. who I had mentioned in that? Okay. Yep. So, so today I picked, well, and I should give a caveat. These are two white men. There's not a lot of diversity in my picks here. I just feel like I need to acknowledge that. Um, but so I picked uh, Ryan Johnson, director of The Last Jedi, Knives Out, etc. Um, he, I, I have a big crush on Ryan Johnson. It's not right. a secret. Um, <laughs> his laugh brings me a lot of joy. If, if you just need joy in your life, just find audio of Ryan Johnson's laugh because it is very enjoyable. Um, and, and we could talk about movies and stuff too, but I also just want to hear his laugh. Um, and then the second person is Ben Burt, the sound designer extraordinaire. He did sound design for star Wars and Indiana Jones too. Um, Wally, all kinds of movies. Um, he's really a genius and he just thinks of the most creative ways to make interesting sounds. And I'm, I'm in awe of him and I have been for a long time. That's, I, I never would have thought of Ben Burt, uh, for the this question but that's that's awesome when i when i went back um and you you asked the question before i even listened to your answer i was like okay ryan johnson's going to be one of his answers 
just because I, I I know that about you that you have this this huge crush on Ryan Johnson. And then interestingly, what your other answer was is you said that you wanted to hear his giggle and laugh because it means so much to you, but you didn't feel confident enough that you could make him laugh. So you wanted a comedian oh, to come. So okay. you uh, you said Taika Waititi would come and he would. Okay. Now that you say that, I remember that. Yes, the lack of confidence of, if can I make Ryan Johnson giggle? Yeah. yeah. What about you, Sam? <laughs> if you could have any two Yeah, I want to know your guys' oh, answers. Gosh. Okay, I was not, I did not come prepared for this question. Um, why don't you go first, Josh, while I think about it? Okay. Um, does Casey Winters count as a creative person? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I mean, I'd come for dinner. I'd, I, I don't think that... Um, you should when you have the wealth of living and dead creative persons. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you should pick me, but thank you. <laughs> okay, well, if, there, if there's two, then you know you have to you have to reach for the stars. So I'm gonna I'm gonna you know put it out there a little bit and hope in my dreams that Casey Winters would come, and then maybe I'll settle for <laughs> someone like uh, Shakespeare or, Shakespeare. <laughs> or Homer. <laughs> oh man, I mean, okay. I can think of several. I don't know how to narrow it down to two. It's um, hard. Yeah, it's a really hard question. I think um, when it comes to literature, Agatha Christie is one of my favorite authors of all time. I would love her. Yeah. Um, hmm. If she's over for dinner, does that make it like a murder mystery kind of I, dinner, though? Will I, someone die? <laughs> I don't know. I have mixed feelings about that because I think it'd be really fun to do a murder mystery with Agatha Christie, but then I right. don't want people to die. So. <laughs> Aren't there like right. the games that you play where you like act like you were killed? Oh yeah, there we go. We could do one of those. Um, exactly. I think the musical side, I am a very musical person. And so that's kind of where my mind went first. Um, Miles Davis, maybe one of the greatest jazz musicians of all time. Maybe the greatest jazz musician of all time. Or Ella Fitzgerald. She's like one of my idols. I would love her. Or um, I think the Indigo Girls are some of the best lyricists alive. I would love to pick their brain about their songwriting process and stuff like that. So um, yeah, Emily or Amy, I would love that. So let's just have a dinner and combine all of these answers. Just like a super dinner. There we go. That would be awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, but that's just looking at it from like the literary and like musical aspect. Like I feel like I would need to look at like theater, uh, movies fashion like all that kind of stuff i feel like this is a very broad topic and i'm thinking looking at it from a very no narrow-minded aspect right same now. yeah i know <laughs> what you mean <laughs> so this uh question i pulled it from an episode that you and valerie did on creative friendships in, oh, in the stories yeah. and uh okay i thought it would be a little bit fun because one of the creative friendships that you talked about on that episode was the friendship between George Lucas and Steven Spielberg. Yeah, that's and, right. Yeah. Uh, and the story that, that resulted from that is uh, that it resulted in the movie that we'll be talking about, which is Indiana Jones, uh, yeah. which I grew up watching a lot, huge part of my childhood, but Sydney had never seen it until today. Mm-hmm. Today, wow. <laughs> that's awesome. Yep. Yeah. We, uh, that's we so finished, exciting. We finished it, the credits rolled, and then we had 15 minutes before we had scheduled the Oh, the so call. it's fresh, fresh yep. in your Very mind. Fresh, yeah. The melted faces are fresh. <laughs> yeah, I was not expecting that. That was a little gory for a PG-13, I thought. <laughs> yeah, I don't even PG. think it was, it was PG. Yeah. Oh, really? PG-13 yeah. didn't exist yet. Yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Oh, the second Indiana Jones movie was the, the movie that made them 
come yeah. up with the PG-13 rating. Yeah, Spielberg okay, kind of pushed it, yeah. I knew it was one of the Indiana Jones ones, but... Yeah, yeah so I haven't even uh, gotten your reaction at all because <laughs> I haven't even had time to, to get to get that from you because we've just had to jump on the call. But I want to know what is your... Okay, well, before I ask you what your first reaction was, I'll ask the last <laughs> question for Casey, but what is your, your background with Indiana Jones? Pretty much the same as you. I, I grew up watching... Indiana Jones a lot. Um, it's something I definitely grew up with. It, we didn't watch Temple of Doom as much because it's a little darker. Um, so I, I don't think the parents wanted us to watch that one as much. We usually watched one and three a lot though. Um, yeah, I've always loved Indiana Jones, but it's it's also one that I don't revisit quite as often. So it feels a little more fun to revisit because it's just been you know a couple years since I've seen it. So for me, I watched the probably I probably the opposite i watched two the most really because yeah. um just the the pacing i don't know if it's the pacing of it or just the I, I i was fascinated by you know in the in the temple all of the mysticism and everything whereas the first one and the third one there were parts that just really bored me especially number mm. three number three i watched yeah. the least just because really it was really boring to me oh that's my favorite really one young. yeah uh i feel like if i revisited it now i would have a much different take on it but sure um, but even the, I think just the third act of Raiders, uh, I haven't seen very much because after they leave Cairo, I, all, everything that's after that is, was boring to me. Mm. I was only interested in like the, the, in, in the, in the depths of the, the dungeons and the archeology span and everything, but everything with the Nazis, I just, I didn't understand and wasn't, mm, sure. wasn't too big a fan of, yeah. um, but I've seen the first 10 minutes of Raiders a million times. Right. It's probably the third or fourth time that I've actually finished the movie. <laughs> but one thing that was uh, really big, aside from the movies, was the Indiana Jones ride at mm-hmm. Disney, at the Disneyland Park. Yeah. Um, I remember from a very, very young age uh, on my parents' kitchen um, pantry door, they had, they would, every year on your birthday, they would mark how tall you were and... Ever since I can remember, they had the height that you needed to be <laughs> to be able to be tall enough to ride Indiana Jones. Oh, I love and that. Every year, I would see if I'm tall enough, and then and then one year I was close enough that I wore oversized boots and just stuffed socks <laughs> in the in the bottom of the boots, so it gave me a couple more inches. Uh, oh, that's so, I would, so good. I'd pass over that, but I was so excited to ride that, and I remember uh, my parents had made a really really big deal about it that we had a meet and greet with Aladdin and Jasmine. And they said that, I can't remember, I think they said that they had talked with Indiana Jones or something after we came out of the ride. And so they had like an Indiana Jones figurine with like a hat and a whip that they gave me. Oh, wow. And, and so that was really important, like really, really special to me. Yeah. And I just, I felt like, um, I don't know, have you, have you been on that ride? in One time. So we, we, I've only been to Disneyland once and it was when I was younger and. Um, I really loved the ride, but yeah, I've only been on it one that one time. So yeah, there, there's um, as you come out of the exit of the ride, um, the queue of that ride is really, really fun to me because it's like a quarter of a mile mm-hmm. in total, and you're again, you're going through the the temple underground, and it's very, very fun to me. And as you're coming yeah. out, there's a crate, and it says like painted on it, like coming out of the wall, it says like good things or true treasures are in store for those who wait or, or, or something. Mm-hmm. And and so I remember seeing that and then coming out and then meeting Aladdin Jasmine right there. And they're giving me these like 
treasures like, oh, that's as so if great. I had like re- like rewards or something. And then yeah, I think yeah. it was that year that I was Indiana Jones for Halloween. Oh, so, that's yeah, awesome. It was a it was definitely a big part of my childhood. And I was I was really shocked that Sydney had not seen it because she's <laughs> I would think that you would be a fan of like Steven Spielberg and John Williams. Okay. I love John Williams, but like to be honest, I'm not like a big action adventure person. I'm more of a comedy. Okay, I think we're gonna stop the podcast right now. That <laughs> offended me a little bit, <laughs> babe. You know this about me. <laughs> it's nah, not a I'm secret. <laughs> I think like growing up, we watched probably like the same three movies over and over again, and it was Monty Python and the Holy Grail and um, Napoleon Dynamite, and you know uh, some other comedies. But like that was all we like. Really, oh, Three Amigos. That's probably the other one we watched like a billion oh, times. Three Amigos, but... <laughs> yes, classic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big action adventure person. I mean, I I enjoy watching those movies, but it's not something I would pick out to sit down and watch sure. myself. So, but I, I did. I did really enjoy the movie. I thought it was. I thought it was fun. I really like movies that kind of go into like biblical lore, kind of mm-hmm. like um, the Da Vinci Code. So I thought that aspect of it was really cool and interesting. I it did kind of bug me how they treated the female lead, but you know, it's the sure. 80s. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting much. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think that's... it's it's like the third movie in a row that we've watched where they've said something like, We had a deal, the girl was mine, and you're just like, Oh yes, because women are property. Like right. classic. Well, it's extra frustrating when they set her up to be this really strong, independent character, but then the rest of the movies she's just kind of put in damselly situations right. it's, that's, yeah. that's frustrating i think because she could have been so amazing yeah that was the exact thought i had like when they had her in her bar in nepal and she was set up to be like really cool and independent and then she yeah. just kind of relied on indiana jones to pull her out of situations right. the whole movie one thing i'm going to spoil a little bit about the next movies for you um, but one thing that really upsets me is that at the end of raiders it it kind of you get the idea that uh, Marion and Indy are have come together and they formed a relationship and it's going to be strong. But then she is like nowhere to be seen in the second movie, not in the third movie. And he has a different yeah. love interest in like each subsequent movie. And I think that's just that's kind of how movies were back then. Uh, same with Batman. Batman has a different love interest in each movie. Yeah, it's um, very James Bond too, which yeah. mm-hmm. um, we can kind of get into the, how Indiana Jones started. But it uh, was definitely there was a, definitely a lot of James Bond influence there too so another set of action movies i haven't seen (laughs) (laughs) if you're if you're frustrated by the love interest here (laughs) just uh (laughs) just wait till you get to james bond yeah (laughs) (laughs) sounds about right (laughs) yeah do you so sydney do you know how indiana jones started or like how the movie came to be Mm, no not really i think casey you might be able to be a little bit more important yeah. than I am, but I can tell the story. All I know, want, I think, is uh, the only thing that I know. I think Ryan from sort of Star Wars used it as his random sort of random Star Wars fact of the mm. podcast, um, and so that's just very peripheral to me. So if you if you w- would be able to tell it better, go for it. Sure. So in 1977, so Star Wars just came out. It just just released an opening week weekend. George Lucas was so nervous. He's like, "Oh, it's going to be a failure." Um, so he and Steven Spielberg, who were friends at that time, um, they went to Hawaii with their wives. Um, George Lucas just kind of wanted to get away from everything, from the media, from the fear of like, this is going to be a failure, right? Um, and it was while they're in Hawaii that they're learning that like, oh no, Star Wars is blowing up. Things are 
going crazy. Like it's a huge blockbuster hit, but he and so George Lucas and Spielberg were sitting on the beach and um, like literally building sandcastles, having this conversation about how, you know, what's next for them. And Spielberg had mentioned he really wanted to do a James Bond movie. That was something he'd always wanted to do for a very long time. Uh, And George Lucas was like, I've got one better. Let's do this original story about this adventurous archaeologist that harkens back to these B-movie serials, um, adventure serials, and and we're going to call it Indiana Smith. And uh, Spielberg didn't like the name so much. but (laughs) So the name changed eventually. But um, yeah, it kind of started... Uh, as them them building sandcastles and it it took a little while to get off the ground because you know this movie didn't come out till uh well 81 um so some some things happened in between there but that was kind of part of the start of it i think it had been percolating in george lucas's mind for a little while this this idea but uh but yeah that's kind of where it started on the beaches of hawaii also it was kind of like a bond spinoff kind of yeah in a way which is really funny because um lightning kind of striked twice for George Lucas. The same thing happened with star Wars. George had wanted to create flash Gordon. He wanted to have the rights to flash Gordon, this old TV serial and, and make a movie of it. Um, but he couldn't get the rights to that. And so he decided, well, I'm just going to make my own space thing, right. That has no connection to any previous property. Um, and then of course, star Wars became way bigger than flash Gordon, flash Gordon could ever be. Um, it's a kind of similar thing where it's like, we can't, get the rights to James Bond. Let's, let's make our own thing. So, Hmm, which is, yeah. And which is really interesting too. If you notice like the structure of things, if you know anything about James Bond, they often start with like a prologue that kind of sets the tone for the movie. Um, not always for the plot, but a a lot of tone and character. Um, whereas that's the same thing here with Raiders where that opening prologue is, um, kind of important for, for plot, but not really more important about setting up who Indiana Jones is, what his, you know, modus operandi is um, introducing Belloc, the villain, and, and kind of just setting the tone for the thing. Um, yeah, rather than than jumping right into the main story. So, gotcha. I hadn't. I don't even think I've uh, realized that 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 whole opening to the movie, which is one of my favorite parts of the movie. Yeah. Just uh, yeah. Really, the only thing is you you get introduced to the character, and then uh, right as he's escaping, Belloc is there, and you're like, okay, yeah. well, who's this guy? But then yeah it's like goes goes in a completely different direction right like uh as we were watching it sydney was like oh is this whole movie just uh like shot for shot the indiana jones ride at the park and i was like <laughs> well basically just just the first 10 minutes and then yeah. after that it's nothing like the ride <laughs> right <laughs> yeah um i w- it was funny um in the beginning of the movie it says 1936 i think uh, it's in the yeah. 30s in South America, and I turned to Sydney, and I was like, "Man, Harrison Ford is looking great. He's been playing this character since 1936, <laughs> and he's coming out with uh, Indiana Jones Five. Right? He's uh, never going to stop. <laughs> I can't believe that. <laughs> I think he might die on set of Indiana Jones eventually. Maybe that's his plan. <laughs> Just yeah. keep going. And I can't believe yeah. they're making another one. That's, yeah, it's wild. Uh, especially, he's got to be like what in his 80s now. I think. I think something or close, yeah. But uh, we've still got three more sequels to watch before you're ready for that one. That's true. I don't. I don't want him to die. For the record, I hope it didn't sound like I'm (laughs) hoping for. I'm just saying he's going to be playing Indiana Jones for a long time. (laughs) Yeah, seems to like that one a little more than Han Solo. So (laughs) yeah, I think so. (laughs) I'm curious, Sydney. What were your? Because you don't really like action and adventure, but you like mystery and suspense. Yes. And I guess there wasn't a lot of mystery, but there was like 
kind of the mysticism about like the arc and stuff. And I want to know what your like how how uh, did you like? I'm really bad at asking questions. But what was what were your thoughts like? How did you like that? Um, I think it kind of goes back to what I said. Like I like the um the stuff that kind of plays on biblical lore. I think the Bible is like a really big intense book with a lot of like just weird aspects to it and so i think there's a lot of fun stuff that you like fun literary content that you can play off of with that and so i thought it was really interesting how they took like the ark of the covenant and kind of played off of that lore and the mysticism surrounding um you know some of those ancient artifacts from the bible so i thought that was really cool i i realized as we watched the finale of this movie that they open up the ark, and is it is it the destroying angels that come out, or the wrath of God, or, or ghosts, or, or whatever? And they come and they they melt all the Nazis, and they shoot lightning through their chests, and then suck them all back up into the ark, and it cleans up. And I watched it, and I was like, wow. So I guess in in the in the canon of Indiana Jones, the the God of Israel was not okay with a bunch of Nazis opening up his box. Right. Well, I think it's pretty intentional, Spielberg. I mean, this is the director of Schindler's List, and uh, he's very, very interested in in um, that time period. And um, yeah, I think that that metaphor of n- not even metaphor, but it's it's pretty on the nose of Nazis are bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think he's pretty interested in, in that uh, that yeah. plot line. I was kind of noticing, like through the movie, like it was almost kind of comical. Like, I mean, not like comical, but just kind of. And like not comical in like the funny sense, but just comical in like the very obvious sense. How like very clearly evil like they made the Nazis. Like it was yeah. a very black and white villain. Yeah. Also, I I I can't tell whether um they were trying to make it seem like the the United States are or was it the British Army or the United States Army that that ended up with the the Ark in the end, the ones that mm-hmm. originally commissioned Indiana Jones to go out. And try to get it before the Nazis. I don't know if yeah. they were trying to paint it as if, like the we can't let the Nazis have the Ark. It's only going to be safe in the in the hands of the United States. Right. Or if they were, because at the end, the way that they put it up in the crate and they put it in the box with all of the other um, top secret things that had been stored away, it also kind of gives you this uneasy feeling, like maybe the United States is nefarious as well. Like yeah, that's that's not, the sense I got from. They're it. not necessarily yeah. the good guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we've come to find out more in recent years that that's exactly right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> that's a little on the nose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but like there's definitely more that goes on like with the government and stuff than we really know as citizens. So. For sure, I think there's got to be warehouses with top secret boxes, metaphorical oh. and literal. One hundred percent, for sure. Um, there's also warehouses with top secret boxes in all of our parents' basements. <laughs> think- things that they uh, or out in their uh, in the the freezers that are in the garage. Oh my that gosh! That they send yeah. things out there and it becomes a time capsule that no one knows what's out there. It's never even, going to be unearthed again. Never. I don't even want to touch my parents' freezer. <laughs> um, same with my parents' basement. There are. Yeah, I don't know what's down there. I think it's it's the garage for my parents. Mm. No one knows what's out there. I don't even think my parents know what's out there. Right. <laughs> so. yeah. Well, let's see. What else can we uh, talk about with this movie? <laughs> um, one thing um, I was interested, I read a little bit on the partnership that Lucasfilm 
created with Disney. Um, mm. And it, it started in the 80s. I think the first one was 86 or 87 when Disney and Lucasfilm partnered up to put the Star Tours ride in the Disney park. Yeah. Um, and that was so successful. They they incorporated that same ride into the Disney World Park in the parks in across the world in Paris and Tokyo. And and then it was just a few years later that they opened up the Indiana Jones stunt show in the in the Florida park, which uh, was surprising to me because I had falsely assumed that the the ride in California would have predated the show in Florida. But it was the other way around almost by oh. a decade that the, the show in Florida um, was like 88 or 89. And then it wasn't until uh, the late 90s that they uh, made the, the ride in California. Yeah. Um, but that's one thing since uh, I made Sydney go on the ride when, we, when, we, when we've gone to Disneyland together. But now we need to find an excuse to go to Florida just so I can show you the show. Because that is also one of the one of my favorite things um, about Indiana Jones. They the show is in this big kind of outdoor auditorium, and then they have this outdoor set that's modeled to look exactly like the the scenes in Cairo from Raiders. And then they they take um, volunteers from the audience at, to perform as extras in, and then they act out all the stunts and the choreography of the fights. And they have the plane that comes out and they're fighting on the plane and they're dropping from buildings and stuff. And it's really cool to see. Hmm. I like, I'm not gonna lie, I'm a little nervous to go to Florida because I hear the rides are bigger in like Epcot and stuff than they are in Disneyland. And you are not a fan of uh, roller coasters. I hate roller coasters. (laughs) I've never been to, to the Florida Disney parks, yeah. I think I went on Tower of Terror once on accident and I never wanna ride that again. I like I went with a school group and my friends they had no idea that I hated roller coasters cuz it had never really come up and they're like oh yeah you'll love this ride like and they just we walked on like right at 8 in the morning and I got in and I like we were the first group to go up and so I didn't see them like opening the door at the top and people screaming and I was like my friend turns to me and he's like the first time I rode this I really didn't like it cuz I didn't realize they had handrails on the side and I was like what do you need handrails for? And he's like, oh, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Luckily, I have uh, tricked Sydney into a contractual obligation to go on Space Mountain with me once <laughs> per uh, vacation. At the risk of sounding like a wimp, that's probably my limit, Space Mountain. <laughs> but 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 surprisingly, um, you like the Matterhorn, which is like really similar in... As far as speed and twists and turns, it's slower than uh, Space Mountain, though. I don't think so. I think they're they're about the same speed. No, the Matterhorn is like twenty eight miles per hour, and like Space Mountain's like thirty six. So okay, well, <laughs> that's pretty She's much the, the same. Research. When you're when you're driving down, <laughs> I can't the, <laughs> listen. Listen, Casey, just picture driving down Main Street, and can you tell the difference if you're driving twenty eight or if you're driving thirty six? Um, no, but that's because I'm not in an open top car. Okay, well, what if you roll down the windows? I mean, maybe, that's but pretty it's, much still, the it's not the same. Um, <laughs> but they do they do trick you in Space Mountain because, well, one, the lights are off and you've got the lights like zooming past you, but they also have fans that are above you that blow to make, make you feel like you're going a lot faster than you are, which is interesting because if you were zooming through space, you wouldn't be feeling the air blowing <laughs> past you anyway. That's true. <laughs> The uh, um, like back to your point about 
Lucasfilm and Disney because I think that's really really interesting um, because George Lucas when he was when he wrote the script you know or co-wrote the script of Star Wars they shopped it around to Disney and of course no one knew who George Lucas was or what Star Wars was and Disney passed on it and I I expect that Indiana Jones or Raiders of the Lost Ark was the same thing I know they shopped it around to a lot of different studios and I, I'm guessing Disney um, said no to that one too but uh, George Lucas has like a long history in fact I, I'm pretty sure when George Lucas was 10 or 11 he was at Disneyland on its opening day um, wow. and so like Disney was like a huge part of George Lucas's childhood he grew up in California so I think that that um, you know marriage and we see it now on Disney you know when Disney acquired Lucasfilm and Star Wars but it, it that relationship started like a long time before that. Wow, that's I was really cool. I was actually surprised. I had just assumed that this would have been on Disney Plus because of uh, right. Disney buying Lucasfilm and all the Star Wars is on there. But I went on there and couldn't find it, so we had to rent it on uh, mm. Amazon Prime because it's a Paramount film. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing that we started we had we had this idea to start on our podcast a long time ago, but we we haven't really implemented it yet until. Um, just recently is we thought of posing a discussion question related to the topic and then inviting listeners to email their their responses and then we can discuss some of our favorite responses in the in the next episode. But I haven't thought of like a discussion question that we could ask about Indiana Jones if you want to help me come up with one. I mean, Reggie is a good name for a snake, but I want to know what other people would name their their plane snake. Ooh. <laughs> that's not no, much that's of a, a discussion, question. but I do want to know. <laughs> no, that's a that's a really valid good question. Because um, I mean, Reggie, yeah, that's hard to beat. That's a pretty great name for a snake. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I named um, when I first started dating Sydney. She had a ring that she would wear on her finger that had an elephant on it, and I named <laughs> the elephant on her finger Reggie or Reginald. Reginald. And then I didn't get to see you very often, but like when I'd see you, I'd be like, "Oh!" Instead of "How are you?" I would always ask like, "Oh, how's Reggie?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I forgot about that. And then we uh, we stole a rock from campus one night when we were walking home and we named him Ferdinand ampersand Ferdinand ampersand <laughs> and uh we have him oh he's right over there he's right i'll go grab Ferdinand ampersand <laughs> i mean i'm gonna be honest josh does all the naming i'm not very good at naming things mm, it's a it's a superpower of his it, it really is and it's not one that i have so <laughs> it's a good skill yeah oh there he there he is for moral support yeah yeah, Ferdinand Ampersand, he makes a great um non pet, pet prop prop <laughs> for your uh, your set. If we mm. we had the idea to maybe record I'm getting tangled up in the oh, let me try uh <laughs> tangling myself. <laughs> I had a this is like running underneath the couch cushions. Um but we had the idea to record um a video uh, a little bit of the video for the podcast just so we could put together clips that would go easily on Instagram or TikTok or something, but we haven't tried it out yet. Sure. But if this works out, maybe we can keep Ferdinand Ampersand as a little, uh, Oh, mascot. Little, yeah. Mascot on our, in our, uh, <laughs> very professional podcast studio. I feel like he needs eyes or something. Would, would you draw the eyes on or would you get, uh, squiggly eyes? Like a googly eye? Well, maybe googly eyes. You could just like super glue it on or something. Or you put one googly eye on and you draw on the other one. <laughs> <laughs> all right josh you're the naming expert what would you name your snake on the plane Ooh, that's a good question you would you'd almost want to give him a name that either is entirely non-threatening or like reggie yeah. reggie um to put 
uh, your passengers on the plane at ease, or you'd want to give him a very sinister name to unnerve the people that you uh, <laughs> want to prank. <laughs> and so uh, what's, what's the most sinister like name that you can think of? Fang. Fang? Yeah. Oh, I was going to say like George. <laughs> or uh, Chad. Chad. <laughs> Chad. Karen. <laughs> Karen. I think that's that's it. That's the winner. <laughs> Here we go. Well, listeners, uh, let us know what you would name your uh, snake that you keep in your seaplane. Casey, what would you name yours? Oh, I don't. I don't know that. Uh, the question came to me, but the answer is eluding me. Okay. And I'm also following my own advice from earlier to just say I don't know, and that's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, of all the things that you are we've learned a hypocrite is not one of them so. <laughs> thank you <laughs> i won't tell you what the other things we learned that you are okay. is though okay that's fine. that might not that's be podcast fair. appropriate <laughs> <laughs> i don't know city do you have any uh, final thoughts about raiders of the lost ark you know one of the things that i realized as we were watching the movie like when we got to the like bar scene in nepal i was like hey this like looks really familiar and then i remembered oh, yeah. when i was like 10 my parents got us the Indiana Jones Lego Wii game. And oh, yeah. some of them, like some of the scenes looked really familiar, but that died out like pretty quickly into the movie because I was really bad at video games. So we never got very far. <laughs> like, I don't think we ever got past the bar scene, to be honest. But I like totally forgot about that until this moment that there had been like a Lego game that I had played as a kid. And you said you played it a little bit, right, Josh? Yeah, but I played it on the DS. I never played it on the Wii, but yeah, I uh, that is I I have a very vivid memory of the Nepal um, bar scene in that game. But also, I remember vividly when you're fighting the big buff Nazi uh, while the while Marion's like driving the plane, and you're trying not to get hit by the propellers of the plane. Yeah, I never got that far. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not as big of a gamer as I am. That's true. I. Did not play video games really. <laughs> no, you actually you played more video games than I have, right? No, because you had Rock Band. Okay, and Rock Band was the one that I played. Okay, I oh, guess. Oh man, I miss we... Rock Band. <sighs> I love it so much. I got pretty good on the drums. We we saw there's a a store that has vintage vintage quote unquote <laughs> games at the mall, and they had in their window Rock Band, um, and we were going to go. Because um, I played it once with you, but it was, I think your parents, we like overheated or something because it's old. Yeah, you can get about 10 good minutes out of it before it shuts itself <laughs> off. <laughs> so we've been talking about going to check out because um, that's that's a fun game to play together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I've never owned any other video game console um, besides like handheld DS. And I had a, like a Game Boy preview, like prior to that when I was really young. But people at work tease me because they, they talk about video games a lot. And I just over my head. If it's not like uh, every once in a while um, when I would have sleepovers with my cousins growing up, we would uh, sometimes they would hand me a controller for while they played Mario Kart. My controller wasn't plugged into anything. Uh-huh. So I would just look at one of their characters and I would get frustrated because I was wanting him to go right. But he was going left. And uh, that that's pretty much the entirety of my experience with the video games. <laughs> that's kind of cruel <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that's why i have such an aversion to all things <laughs> video uh 
game entertainment. Because <laughs> look how I turned out. Like, I can't let this happen to anybody else. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I think, should we uh, wrap up our, our episode? Yeah. Um, as long as there's no more parting thoughts. No more party thoughts? Parting. <laughs> oh, I was like, I haven't even started giving my party thoughts yet. I didn't even know this was an option. I have so many. Oh, man. Let's see. We, we've already talked about dinner party, mm-hmm. um, dance party, uh, <laughs> s- swim party, like pool party, sushi party. Have you ever been to a sushi party? No. Uh, me either, but I think we could we could make it big. <laughs> Next um, big party, sushi party. What about you? What are your party thoughts? My party thoughts? Um, I don't know. I'm not a big partier. I beg to differ. You're the <laughs> most party person I know. And you must not know very many people. <laughs> or I just don't know you that well. I thought I thought we were we had a connection. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> the things that you learn when you start a podcast with someone. <laughs> but uh no i don't have any parting thoughts either all right then yeah i guess it's time to wrap up okay well thanks again casey for coming on the podcast um do you want to take a yeah. chance to uh do you have any creative projects that you're that you guys are working on or no not right now i uh no nothing it's kind of nice i should though like i've been thinking about it i need to channel some creative energy somewhere but uh n- nothing started yet what about um did your have has your uh um was it your your thesis for your your mm. masters has that been made available yet it is available yeah i forgot about that but yes it is available to read if people want to read a hundred plus pages of <laughs> harry potter research then yeah it's it's out there in the ether <laughs> <laughs> would they just find it by looking up harry potter research and by the most handsome oh i'm trying to yeah it, it's it's literally it says yeah by the most handsome person no um i'm can i can't even remember what it's called it's been a long time and it was you know not super exciting time to finish it but i'm proud of it as you can tell since i don't remember the title but um <laughs> <laughs> it, it's about harry potter and bullying um we uh we kind of did a bunch of research on the first Harry Potter book and um how st- the various students reacted to bullying and and responded to it and um whether that was you know uh effective or ineffective at reducing that bullying so it was actually yeah like i said i am really proud of it um but i can't remember the title off the top of my head but you might be able to search out there on google for Harry Potter bullying research by Casey Winters i bet it comes awesome. up um and i know uh so you and Valerie aren't releasing uh, podcast episodes, but there's still mm. like a, a backlog. Yeah, of, there's uh, Hello still from elsewhere. As of right now, talk yeah. A little bit about uh, what Hello from elsewhere. Sure, is yeah. or was. <laughs> it was mostly us just diving deep into pop culture. We covered all kinds of stuff, just whatever we were feeling like getting deep about, I guess. So, um, but yeah, they are all available as of right now, still. So. Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, yeah, thank you. Let's. Uh, just to go ahead and wrap up, I think we have just like the roll credits or whatever at the end of the podcast. I'll let I'll let Sydney read those. All right. Sure, sure. Um, this has been another episode of Thanks for Participating. I've been Sydney and this has been Josh. And we've also had our lovely guest, Casey. You can find me on Instagram at dip your chicken, and you can find Josh at Josh underscore is underscore rich. You can find the podcast on Instagram at TFP underscore pod and tfp underscore show on twitter be sure to follow us on social media to see some very exciting things that we have coming soon we've got some more really fun episodes and guests 
that we're really excited about. Uh, don't forget to email your answers to today's discussion question, as well as any other feedback you have for us at participating.podcast at gmail.com. Quick reminder to rate and review the show on iTunes. Reviewers will earn a shout out at the beginning of each podcast episode. Our cover art is done by the talented Vaishan Brandon. You can check him out at Vaishan Designs on Instagram. And our theme music was composed by Mitch Fry. You can follow him on firefry underscore. That's F-I-R-E-F-R-E-I on Instagram and Mitch Fry Music on YouTube. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. Um, we really enjoy doing the podcast and we really love you guys. Um, appreciate our listeners. And we'd like to thank you for listening. Or do I say thanks for participating? I don't know. What do you say? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, and thank you guys for participating. And thank you for not locking me in the depth or the, what is it called? The well of souls. Uh, never to see the light of day again. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs>